Hey, did yeah. you ever do or see that Christian skit to this song? Uh, not to this song. Oh, I did it. I was in it. You were in it? I, I was, feel like they're all the same, though. I was a demon oh. who seduced somebody with either sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't remember which one I was. Yes. But it's actually, like, for as cheesy as Christian evangelical 90s stuff was, it was kind of emotive. Um, we definitely did skits. They were definitely cheesy, but people definitely liked them. Also, can I tell you one other thing about um, Bonnie Tyler in the 80s? Yeah. First of all, um, her song Hero, Holding Out for a Hero, uh-huh. I play that song about myself all the time. I'm As we all should, truthfully. Yeah. Not another hero. I love that song. Um, but the 80s had some really powerful music. Um, yeah. That was the vibe, I feel right? like um, post like Gen X was the last generation to like believe in the mythos of like the powerful stories, you know, and like their music kind of matched that. No, I don't know. So like, <laughs> like um, Lord of the Rings and what? Uh, yeah, what do you think Harry Potter is? That's true. I guess in the millennials on that one. Yeah, mostly, but... But I, I mean, was thinking of, like, these major good versus evil triumph, where, like, when Iowa came here in 2005, Garden State was a big deal, and then Little Miss Sunshine, sure. and, like, the indie film thing really became popular, and I feel like millennials were more disenfranchised with the American dream. Sure. Well, and, like, no, I feel like Gen X is incredibly disenfranchised with the American dream. Really? But I, I feel like Gen X is the last generation to, like, make money. No, I feel like Gen X is, like... This is all stupid. Let's go. Really? Name a name a Gen Xer for me that you feel like represents that. They can be person. It could be somebody we know. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't think this person definitely is like the thing that I just said, but like sort of like the Gen X thing of like emotions aren't cool and the way to be cool is just to like disengage and uh, not really care about anything. Um, I do feel like Tove has some of that, you know, like he's like, I'm cool okay. because I don't get ruffled and I don't get ruffled because it's kind of embarrassing to be super into something. Okay. But Tove is actually super into some things. Well, but he, I, but he expresses his into very subtly. I, f- yes, exactly. And I feel like some of that is actually just like, okay, but like, I think I was thinking something done. way different. What were you thinking? Well, like Kathy cry. Okay. Sorry to always beat on that drum. <laughs> but she's what three years older than me? Okay, uh, I don't know how. I mean, but she just feels know. like so much more of an adult to me than I am. You know, like has yeah. a real job. Has you, you know, have a real? Job. I know, but you know what I mean. Like she can run a whole empire. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And like um, Jeremy Nance. Yeah. And like all they're, these people are just a few years older. Like well, even bit. my brother-in-law Trevor. I will He runs s- a department at. Like, right, know, can, yeah. he can do the spreadsheets and he can run the widgets and he could conquer IBM. I will say that that's, I will say, I do think there's something that happened in the eighties that, um, I always felt so much younger than the kids who are like just a couple of years older than me. Yeah. And that's like, true. And like, me. even when you looked at pictures, mm-hmm. like I remember, um, when we were seniors in high school, uh, at the church, there were like always pictures of like old um, like choir trips that they'd gone on, and we when we looked at the ones from just a few years before us, like it was like I'd always thought like oh we'll just look older when we get older or whatever, yeah. but like it didn't have, like it still was like they look 
Like, this is us and them at the same age, and they look so much older than us. And it wasn't like they looked decrepit or anything. It was just like... No, I get it. I, yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. So I'm not quite sure what that is. Hmm. But... Oh, I got another one for you. Okay. Jen Karen. Yeah. Like, director of finance and... Right. I mean, like, come on. I know. I know. There is something that's like... This is my point about Gen Xers. They, like, can get it done. Incredibly palatable. I think we just have different world experiences, Josh. With Gen Xers? Yeah. Because huh. I'm like, none of these people we named, obviously, do I think this about. But it's like, I, um, yeah, but like, they don't seem to want or be willing to do like some of the emotional work that needs to be done. Yeah, but that's what you say about boomers, too. Yes, I, I do say that. Uh, to me, it feels like boomers are leading the charge on that. And then Gen Xers are just kind of like. But here's, okay, here's what I think about Gen Xers. Okay. But. So I'll pick Kurt Cobain as kind of a quintessential figure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like he represented that grunge thing uh-huh. and that, that was their teenage expression. But then like that got packaged, commodified and blew up and is successful too. Yeah. It's like no matter what they did, it just worked out. Uh, like Dave Grohl, he's still alive, right? The Foo Fighters. Sure. But those are like, that's like one person or two people. Well, but he, I picked him because he's like emblematic of that movement. Eddie Vedder, another one, right? Yeah. Seattle Pearl Jam run. Now he's just kind of the successful. Uh, this is, okay, this is how I feel about um, Gen Xers. Okay. They looked at like baby boomers or like the silent generation, whoever was their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were like, that doesn't seem to be working. That's not great. Okay. But then they just were like, and I don't know what to do about it. And so they just went about living their lives. I was talking to Kelly Harper about Gen Xers the other day. Uh-huh. I didn't know this. It's Interesting. A, it's a small generation. It is. I think it's smaller. And we were talking about why they're kind of out of the the crosshairs culturally right now. Uh-huh. And I my theory is that they'll graduate into being criticized by Gen Z when that becomes the new dynamic. Uh-huh. But right now it's millennial boomers. She said sure. she thinks it's because they're smaller statistically. Which well, is yeah, true. but I feel like because... Gen Z will also, like, go after millennials. Yeah. But they really don't. Oh, do you know there's a, a generation after that now? Which, Mabel's Gen Z, Wendell is not. You know what Wendell is? What is Wendell? Gen Alpha, I think. Okay. I, I don't know. I maybe got the wrong Greek letter. That's really... So, Mabel is fifth grade. Why don't they come up with better names than Gen that... Like, Millennial and Boomer are their own things. Gen X, Gen Z, Gen L, you know, like... Well, here's the thing about like this whatever Gen Alpha thing is like, I do think I remember when I was younger, we they called us for a minute Gen Y. That's true. And so I think it was just like a placeholder. Okay, good. And then whenever there was like a definable thing about. Okay, I see what's happening there. The generation. It's like hurricanes. You have to start over in the alphabet with a new name. Yeah, yeah, So they're going to go alpha, go Greek this time instead of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Well, did you know that the the boomers above them, which is actually what my mom is. Yeah. um, Marty's a boomer too. Well, my mom is actually silent generation. Yes. I didn't know that was a thing. Yes. Because there was the greatest generation and there's boomers. And between them, kind of like Gen X, is Um, between the millennials and the boomers was the silent generation yeah it's like um it has something to do with like being a child and experiencing like when was your mom born well she was born in 46 which like post-world war boom uh-huh. but when i watched this demographics video thing uh-huh. it actually had them as silent generation okay 
Um, well, it has to do with like living in the trauma. Like, so baby boomers, right? They did not live in the trauma of like a, of uh, the Great Depression or, or a war. war. Yeah. You know, like a world war. Well, they going on. they lived in like the they were born during like June Cleaver, right? The fifties. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, we're we're nine minutes in, and it was all based on the eighties song. Great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one more observation though. Yeah. Uh, about eighties music. Uh -huh. Um, I watched those CNN Decades documentaries, which I just loved and recommend to everybody. Uh -huh. But there's an episode on music in each one. Uh -huh. And they said that the 80s was the um, decade of music when it was diversified ethnically in the American culture. I thought that was kind of a win. Interesting. If you think about that, like disco and all that stuff before that, yeah. kind of monopolized. Well, and disco has like a very racist history. It's mostly yeah. created by black people. But, you know, well, the Beatles, 60s, it's, it's pretty white. Yes. And the 80s was a change. That was good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll give that to the 80s. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Whoa, what a wild couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, real quick, I don't even have notes on this, but okay. the Bucks are three and four. The Bucks are three and four? Yeah, well, Drew Holiday's not been playing. Oh, okay, okay. Neither okay. has um, Brooke Lopez, so two of our five starters. Yeah. And then, well, actually three if you count, what's his name, the yeah. pick out of Virginia we got. Um, but then... Um, Chris Milton was sick the other night, too. Okay. So Giannis is like the only true starter from last year that's playing. Wow. Yeah. The The Mavericks are 4-2. and two. Yes. It hasn't been the start I think we wanted, but it's fine. What? 4-2? and two? Well, I know, but it's way better than last year. They also, um, not they also, the the Bulls are 6-1. and one. They're leading in the East, which yeah. I kind of thought this might happen because of their offseason acquisitions. Yeah, well, yeah. They have DeRozan. They got Ball, who I don't think is amazing. But then they have one other big one. Oh, no. Vuvicek. How do you guys say that guy's name? Who's there? Him and um, the other guy, Zach. What's his name? Was there, too? Why can't I think of any we of these Elliot names? Um, yeah, but anyways. Truly. Um, I think one thing that's been interesting is the like implosion of the um, Nets. Well, yeah. They're four and three. They're not winning games. I mostly just mean the like team implosion. Oh, yeah. Well, you get too many hotheads and big stars, and this happens. So, uh, hotheads isn't the right word. Nobody's a hothead, but. The well, I've heard they're mad at. Kyrie. Who, Kyrie, because he won't. Yeah, well, he won't get the vaccine, and. I hope he doesn't get it all season. To be, well, not for the for like sake. for your team. Yeah, I want the Nets to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should delete that from the record. No, that's funny. It's okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go on record as saying we want everyone to be vaccinated. Um, okay. Well, let's stick with sports for a second. Okay. So, um, I know you don't like Tom Brady. No, nobody should. But he, um, he's been endorsing Bitcoin, and now Aaron Rodgers just released a thing where he's taking part of his salary in Bitcoin now. Can you believe oh. that? Oh. Um, I heard that... Uh, in Chile, yeah, they made Bitcoin. I read this. I did not check my sources. Do you know what I'm saying? I think yeah. I read this on Twitter. That's good enough for me. Okay, that they made Bitcoin like um, official currency. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, you know, they still have like money, paper money or whatever. But um, and then it's like the whole economy of the country in like one month turned around. Wow, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be wild if that's know. the case. Yeah. Get on that train now. Truly. I know. Should I? Yeah. Well, there you go. Bitcoin. 
Um, it is just so annoying. I have a friend that has in the single digits, but a high number of Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. And got them for... What do you mean in the single digits? Well... But that feels like $8 to me. Well, except for each Bitcoin is worth $60,000 right now. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? Truly, no. And remember that pizza story? The guy bought two Domino's pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoin? Yeah. Now that would be worth six times a lot of zeros that. Okay, well, I just wanted to let you know that Bitcoin has a future because professional athletes are using them. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. We had a discussion yesterday. We did? Yeah. I did not know you could express appreciation for Instagram comments and pictures without a heart. Right. That I could use a thumbs up. You mean in, in messages. In messages. Yes. Well, and this is good because um, to like something on Instagram, to double tap it, is to give it a heart. Yes. And in the feed. I don't think that I want to say I heart these things. Right. I want to say I like them. Heart is for loving things. Yes. I don't love the pictures. I like them. Yes. I, that bothers me. You tried to say that heart is benign. It's just a thing. Well, yeah, it is. It's just the image that they have chosen to mean like, oh, I like this. Why wouldn't I'm you go with a thumbs up? Thumbs up is such a good neutral... Yeah, um, that's interesting. Like, why wouldn't you? I don't know. Hearts feel nice, I User guess. User or listener, do you have a strong opinion about what your emojis represent? And do you get uncomfortable with certain emojis meaning things that you didn't intend? Because I sure do. I think that's really interesting. Like, it's, a, it's just a symbol that means like. Just a symbol? Yeah. You know what symbols do? Land people in jail. Oh gosh. Um, well, like the the white supremacist thing. That's just a symbol, right? But that means something. What symbol? Well, it's. Uh, I guess I can do it here because nobody's looking. It's right. It's like the A O K upside down. Right. Yeah. Like that symbols matter. Yes, that's true. I'm saying I reserve hearts for love. Yeah, I and think. And I don't like to use love indiscriminately. I think there's. Well, yeah. I think there's. Um, I think that that is, that, that makes sense. I think there's something, I mean, truly, like, admirable about that. And also, I do think it's one of those moments where, like, I can imagine if I felt this way mm -hmm. and you felt the other way, mm -hmm. that you would be like, I don't even get that. That's so That's strange. true. That is true. I will say this. Because I don't have an option on Instagram, mm. it just is what it is. But I, uh, like, I don't feel so involved. Right. right? I don't, yeah. I don't think I have to mean anything by the heart there. Right. It's my only choice. Right. But like, I even um, like on Facebook, um, when you can respond, like the one I really get hung up on is, um, the when you want to express care for people's loss. Uh huh. I want something better than the holding the heart thing, the that emoji thing. Why? Well, I, I just, it's, it feels, it feels cliche for sure. something's real pain. Yeah. Which maybe what I, what I really need is just not have it. Up. <laughs> but I always actually do the like, but it's like, I don't like that. I just, I'm right. here for you and I want to show you I'm here for you with a, an emoji. Well, well, that's what that emoji was like specifically created for. The heart? 
No, the the guy the holding. Care. Yeah. The well, care. and I, I do opt for the care button. Yeah. But I wish there was a. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. I wish there was an emoji. Well, and, and we talked about how some of this is sexist. Well, yeah. I, I threw that. Out. Some of it is rooted in. And, and I guess this will reveal my my male stoicism trope. Yeah. I want an emoji of a guy just standing at at attention. <laughs> That's what I want my emoji to be. <laughs> okay. I want it to be like, I'm giving you all the reverence. I paid attention to this. This moment deserves. Yeah. Standing at attention. Sort of like, I am present to this and I, with and, you. And it's the reverence thing. It's like, what I want to show somebody's reverence. And I can't think of a better reverence posture than the like the military standing attention thing. Okay. That's what I want my emojis to be for sadness. Yeah. Okay. I You know. I think uh, that makes sense. If that's the thing that like, if that you're like, that is the most meaningful. That would be meaningful to me if that was what happened when I had like, that's what I wanted. And I you know, like on text thread, you know uh-huh. what emojis I like? This is true on iPhone. I'm guessing. Uh-huh. I like the double exclamation point option. I do too. That feels innocuous to me. And it's, it's a way better way to celebrate than a heart. You know, <laughs> I don't want to heart it. Um... I guess it depends on what the thing is for me. I guess, yeah. And I also said, I like using hearts ironically. That's the only, or if I actually love something. Ironically. So I love the double pink heart. You know that one? Yeah. I'll do three of those for like. Because that one feels, it feels it's funny. so over the top. Right. It's like, like you're like, like an eight-year-old girl. Yes, and go over. Or it's like signing a card BFF or something. Yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah. I do. This is strange. I do think some of this is like. I don't have, I don't have any. Yes. Here's okay. Here's you know what this goes back to the generation thing. Okay. I think Gen Xers um, love to be like ironic. Okay. Like very rarely will they express true emotion. Okay. And. It's always a bummer to me. Wait, you think Gen Xers don't express real emotion? Yeah, I think they're... It's like they deflect by being, like, ironic. You know, but okay, I got a, I got a name for you. Okay, great. Kristen Bell. I feel like she's... She's not a meaningful person to me. I'm very sorry. She's not? No. You don't like Kristen Bell? I like Kristen Bell, but, like... No, but I picked her because she was Gen X. Right, I know. You mean, like, the celebrity... Yeah, I was trying to give you a figure. Okay, I guess here's the thing. Very few celebrities do I like emotionally connect with. Okay. And yeah, so... You said few. Are there any? Yes, you know them. Uh, Selena. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Pete Davidson, I feel I have an emotional connection with. Okay, interesting choice. Um, For sure. And... I, I can't think of people off the top of my head. Princess Diana. Okay. But like normal celebrities, it's like I might know things about them, but I don't, they don't, they're not helpful for me and like, uh, um, I don't know, emotional. Maybe tell me the point you were trying to make about Kristen Bell and it will connect with me. Well, you were saying that nobody from Gen X has authentic emotional experiences. And that's like me not wanting to use emojis because I want to use them ironically because I don't really want you to know how I feel. Right. By the way, we still are. I feel like you're conceding in some sense that I might be Gen X. Well, at this point, it's like 
I would love that if you, you beat me down. Thank Do you, you know what I mean? I you're not. I mean, yeah, like, I here's the thing about dates; they don't just change. I am a way more Gen Xer than I am a millennial. I think that you imbibed all of the like millennial hate from a few years ago, and you don't want to be a millennial, and that's fine. You can do that for yourself, but I think millennials are. I mean, you know, obviously, I am a millennial. I think Gen Xers are embarrassing. I'm to put this as a quiz or a, a poll okay. on Instagram. Okay. Does Josh seem more Gen Xer or millennial to you? Yeah. I also said, I I mean, I've, you know, conceded many things. You are the youngest. All of your siblings are Gen X. Mm-hmm. So that's the... That's probably a powerful script I've been handed. Community you grew up in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, And you are, like, right on the cusp. Yeah. Anyways, Kristen Bell, she shows real emotions. Yeah, haven't you ever seen her cry over the sloth on Ellen? The Ellen show? That all seems fake to me. No, that's real real tears. I mean, yeah, but it's you like... You would like her if you talk to her. I, I think I would like her. You know if who I else you would like? Who? Jennifer Garner. Uh, yeah, I think so. Actually, Jennifer Garner is an interesting example. I do feel like she shows real emotions. Have you ever seen any of her like baking videos? Yeah. Yeah, I think like... She's, she's like she gets excited about things. I wonder if she's a seven. I've read somewhere she's a two, but I wonder if she's a seven sometimes because she just likes to have fun. It seems like. Well, twos like to have fun too. I know, but you know how like seven. Never mind. Yes. I no, I know. No, I know. I know. Okay. Um, yeah. No, Kristen Bell seems pretty curated for me. I guess that's it. Hmm. Maybe it's because I listen to so much Dax that I feel like I know her better than they do. Right. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't listen Yeah. to that. So Hey, oh, I have great news. Okay. So you know how you hate billionaires? Yes. And then you know how you're always like, um, they're a billionaire and they're still global poverty. Is this about the Spanx girl? Who? The Spanx, the girl who created Spanx. No. Okay. Oh, I do think I heard saw something about that. Yeah. So I read an article yesterday. Um, the UN has said that um, Billionaires are immoral. <laughs> no, the UN has said that we could solve global hunger with $6 billion. And that if billionaires would all just chip in, this would be over. Elon Musk said, okay, if you can prove it, I'll do it. I'll sell Tesla stock and I'll I'll solve world hunger if you can prove it. Wow. Yeah. How, but okay, so here's the question, right? Yeah. How would they prove it? Damn, I knew you were going to ask this. I don't know. Okay. But at least that conversation is going, and he reckoned with it. I agree. I think that's a great. I mean, like, uh, I I, that that like, is impressive to me. I kind of feel like, like with the Gates Foundation and all these things, like uh-huh. surely somebody has thought of this as even just like a party trick already. Uh-huh. But okay, let's try it. Yeah. Um. And also, it's like how many billions of dollars does Elon Musk have? He now, oh, it's insane how fast his wealth is growing right now. It is in, 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 insane. Yeah. He's almost at 200 billion now. Okay. So like, this is what I'm saying in general. Mm-hmm. Like, so he was presented, like, we have a model that shows with $6 billion, like we could end world hunger. They, and, they said it. He said to them, prove it and I'll do it. Okay. Okay. But still it's like, I think that is. 
maybe we need to be more clear with billionaires. Do you know what I mean? That it's like. Well, I will say this from giving my lessons. Mm -hmm. If you give people specific targets and goals, they're much more inclined to give. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. He's like, oh, six billion. I could do that. Yeah. So maybe it's still bad to me. But maybe billionaires don't know. Maybe we should reach out and tell them that like. Yeah. That's not even. That's like less than. It's like three percent of his wealth, right? Yeah. It's very little. Okay. So maybe we should tell them. Maybe they don't know. Hey, good math. Thank you. Um, Taylor. Yeah. Um. Well, I have something else. Okay. You're gonna feel like I'm trying to trap you. Okay. You know how I do the thing where I'm inductive, and you're like, "Wait, you're setting me up." Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not that. I want to force a conversation. Okay. So you said Sunday we talk about cancel culture every episode, other episode. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was so a joke. So I do have, I watched a show called Clickbait. It's on Netflix. Have you seen this? No. Okay, I'm at 110% spoil it, the whole thing for everybody. Okay, great. So if you don't, haven't seen it and you want to, skip ahead four minutes. Okay? Okay. So this guy at the beginning, the show starts, he's in a video and it's like, if I get 5 million views, if this gets 5 million views, I die. Oh, my okay? gosh. Well, yeah. that just creates virality, right? Right, yeah. He gets to 5 million, and then he turns up dead in a, another episode, okay? So it's like, oh, my gosh. And then, like, there's these things, like, he um, uh, he's holding up a sign by whoever is making this, like, I abuse women or whatever, okay? What? Like, the people. This is the same guy? Yeah, people filming him. Because made him hold a sign and say, if this gets, they also made a sign that says, I abuse women. Okay. Okay. So you're like, oh, and then the show progresses and you find out, oh, he had a bunch of online profiles and there was this one woman he liked and that he like just ended it and she was suicidal and killed herself. Oh my gosh. Like okay. Then you find out at the very end, somebody catfished him, created all these things and he was murdered for something he didn't do. Okay. So I just ruined the whole thing. Okay, so you find out at the end that like he didn't. Somebody was mad about um, one of those things. Yes, the online thing. One of the women that got catfished uh-huh. by him, who wasn't really him. Uh huh. Their brother set this whole thing up. He didn't actually commit the murder. The lady who was doing the catfishing's husband committed the murder. All this stuff. Uh huh. Okay? Yeah. But point being, a person was completely a casualty of online opinion. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. Okay, there's one. So that's that's all fiction, though. Sure. Right? That's fiction. Okay. So who cares? But we can concede like, that, that those things happen in the world. Um, that people, without uh, all the information, yes. get going. Make decisions okay. and then yada, yada, yada. Okay. Yesterday in our staff meeting, uh-huh. Maddie, who's from Oklahoma, uh-huh. brought the Julius Jones story to our attention, uh-huh. who's been acquitted. Yeah. Um, and this is a little different because this isn't like the... Uh, mob mentality but this is systemic racism in america that had him accused he's been acquitted by the clemency committee or whatever uh-huh. so he won't be executed possibly might get parole which we yeah. were just baffled if he's innocent he's innocent that aside here's another case where it's like sometimes judgments are wrong and it's very costly yeah i'm not sure what we're doing well i don't feel like cancel culture takes into account sometimes the cancelers are wrong yeah and when they are, it's very costly. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I I agree with you. 
I think sometimes people do get, uh, I mean, I get very nervous about people being so sure that like the thing they saw online is the 100% truth or whatever. Well, and we talked about it, but that Native American video at the Capitol. Yeah. That one was convoluted in so many ways. And yeah. And it turned out to be what we hoped he wouldn't be anyways. But right. the initial video that CNN got sued and lost over was definitely cut to tell the story. Right. That maybe if you watch the whole video, it's a different narrative. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't need to drive, beat that dead horse. But I just like, well, here's two examples of why I'm slow to jump on cancel culture wagons at times. Yeah, I think you can be slow to jump onto them. I think that's discerning. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Taylor. Yeah. The Astros and Braves are in Game Six tonight. Do you care? No. Okay. I'm. Um. I'm, do you care? Well, speaking of joining the mob and cancel culture, <laughs> I'm part of the rest of America that does not want the Astros to win. I know. Somebody said like I like never want them to win though. So. Yeah, you hated them before they cheated. Yeah, I'm about, really cool. <laughs> about the cheat, somebody said, well, every team cheats. And I kind of think that's probably true. I think for some reason, especially in baseball, that yeah. seems to be the case. They just got caught. But then I'm like, like everybody beamed the Astro players. And I feel like if it was like, well, they just got caught, but we all do it, not everybody would beam them because they'd be like, oh, wait, we shouldn't beam them because we cheat too. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, Taylor, this is now going to take a wild left turn. Okay. Okay, great. you remember a couple of years ago how there was um, the dress with yellow and gold or blue and white uh-huh. or blue and black? Yeah. And then there was Yanni and Laurel, which was the auditory version. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Well, have you seen the TikTok video I'm going to call Bart Simpson Bouncing? No. Okay. Um, there's this video, okay. and this guy has a bunch of different phrases, and they are Bart Simpson Bouncing, Rotating Pirate Ship, that isn't my receipt. Lobsters in motion. That is embarrassing. Lactates in pharmacy. I'm chasing Martian. Baptism piracy. That's a that, lot. That isn't mercy. Okay? Uh-huh. Which, now you say, what, what is this chant saying? It's a okay. crowd, okay? That's embarrassing. That's crazy. You got it right. I've heard it before. I didn't know, but what's wild about this? Yeah. If you look at one of the phrases and then watch it, you can get them all. You can hear it, yeah. So I'm going to do it again. Wait, yeah, give me one of the other ones. Well, no, wait a minute, because I wasn't actually on his page. I had to go with the... I have to view profile and go to the real thing. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. For a momentary... Yeah, we should just do it, and I'm going to say the prompt each time. Yeah. And it's wild, though. You'll, You'll hear... Whatever your, yeah, here it is. Okay. Bart Simpson bouncing. Bart Simpson bouncing. Rotating pirate ship. (laughs) That isn't my receipt. Okay. Here's another one. Lobsters in motion. It's wild, though, how many of those you can yeah. make it. So you got it right? You knew it? Yeah, I'd heard it before. Well, I have uh, the details. 
The chanting crowd is saying the words, that is embarrassing. The phrase is a football chant from Derby County FC in Derbyshire, England. Yeah. And that's where it was filmed. Yeah, I think that's, I think I knew that it was a football thing. That is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. That's the thing, isn't that just proof though that those British are sneaky talkers? Sneaky talkers. Yeah, they are. Okay. Well, Taylor. Yeah. Guess what time it is. Wait, do you have some prompts? Uh, oh, I thought we could talk a little football. Yeah. Because um, both Bears. our teams won. Badgers and the Bears and the Packers. And the Packers and the Cowboys. Yeah, oh. everybody won. Four of our teams and won. the Cowboys and Packers had something similar. Yeah. And that you had the player at your most important position out. Yeah. And we had like six pro bowlers out, and we still beat an undefeated team on the road in their house. Uh, same. Yeah. No. Minnesota was undefeated. They were three and three. Oh, they were but undefeated? No. Well, we were still supposed to we were still supposed to lose. Really? That's what the announcers kept saying. <laughs> well. The announcers were being wild in that yeah. game though. Um they were being they just kept you know how they just kept saying mean things in like nice voices. Well, that's because we had Dak out. Dak out. And so we had a, technically the second string quarterback, although I do feel like many people Never hadn't heard super heard of him. And they, his name was Cooper Rush. Yeah. And they would just be like, there's Cooper Rush's family. They never expected to see him play in any football game in the NFL. And it was just like, okay. But I you think, know what? I like low expectations. I, I do think low expectations help make for like big surprises. Yeah. So, so there's that. Um, well, congratulations to the Packers. ESPN had them number one in the power rankings this week. Oh, <gasps> that's amazing. Which is not true. We're not number one. But what? you know what's wild? The top five teams in the power rankings are all NFC teams. Really? Those are the first AFC team at six. That'll change throughout the year, but still. Yeah. I love that the Chiefs are not as good as everybody thought they'd be. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. And... I mean, I w- this is what I would like to say also. I do think this is the basis of the, like, are you a Gen Z or are you a millennial? Mm-hmm. Or no, Gen X or millennial thing. It's like, I do, there is some credence to, like, if you're ranked number one, then you are number one. Even if you think, like, we're not really number one. You Are you saying that millennials say I'm number one if I'm number one? <laughs> no. Then- I'm saying, like, if the dates place your birth date within, like, the millennial thing then there's something to that even if you don't relate you know what i mean okay so you're saying i'm a millennial because i'm born within that thing yeah why i mean there's some there is something to that you know what i'm saying alexa when are millennials born Okay, that's vague though. Early, which means there could be also some early years that are not. It didn't say starts in 1980. Okay, that's true. It did not say that though. It said early 80s, and that's when you were born. Alexa, what dates were Generation X born? Oh. Was born between 1961 and 1981. Ah! That's you. Ah! See? And that's that was scientific. 
They said some names of some researchers. <laughs> okay. So at least admit, based on our uh, cursory search, that I've, I'm on the line. I've said multiple times, you're on the cusp. I am on the cusp. You know what I was, I'm, I'm the Enneagram 4 of generation existence. You can't put me anywhere. I can't put you anywhere. All right. Everywhere. Taylor. Yeah. It is time. <gasps> we should do an episode on Gen X. Okay. We get some interviews. That'd be fun. Okay. All right. Um, Taylor. Yeah. Because 2020 just kind of came and went and we forgot about it. And it's like, yeah, now we can see we forgot about it. Yeah. I wanted to give you what happened in 2020 pop culture quiz. Just okay. to remind us. Just to remind us. All right. Which Kardashian Jenner mm-hmm. was not at Kim's infamous 40th birthday party? Courtney, Chloe, or Kylie? Wow. I do remember hearing about like the Kardashians having a birthday party in the midst of a pandemic and everybody getting upset. Oh yeah. I don't remember she, who wasn't there. She um like she was like everyone had a negative COVID test. They like flew to an island. Yeah. Um Kylie. Correct. Mm-hmm. Apparently she, she had some stuff some work stuff going on, it says. She's the makeup one, right? Yeah. All right. I'm getting them. All right. Who performed at the 2020 Super Bowl halftime? This is before the pandemic. Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. How did you know? I remember. You didn't even, and that's like when they were older and they were in really good shape and we all felt bad about ourselves. Yeah. Here's why I remember. There was a big like Christian mom. Like they were being too sexual. But J-Lo was 50 at that. Was Shakira 40? Something like that. Yeah. Gosh, that was depressing. Okay. You're going to have to see this. Okay. Okay. Um, those listeners who wore this at the VMAs, it looks very colorful, kind of like some peacock feathers VMAs. going around, and it's got a scarf. Okay, so here's the picture. Okay, Taylor, you see this? I mean, okay. hold on, let me. And then I'll give you your choices. Oh, wow! I don't remember. Sorry, listeners, yeah, that we have a visual choices. one here. I had to look. Yeah. Maybe we'll make that the background picture. Okay. Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga, or Miley Cyrus? Ooh. Ooh, there's a hint. If you look at the picture, they have a, a peace tattoo on the inside of their wrist. I don't know. Probably Miley Cyrus then. No. Gaga. La- Lady Gaga. Oh, no, look at the... <laughs> now look at the the rest of it, or her face. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, put that picture. Okay. For the harmonics triad, which is our main conversation today. Which couple, celeb couple, did not have a baby in 2020? What? Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik. Zayn, yeah, okay. Zayn Malik. Zayn Malik, yeah. Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Okay. Oh, I didn't know they date. Yeah. They date? I think so. Okay. Hillary Duff and Matthew Com- Coma. Okay. So who did not have a baby of those choices? In 2020? Yeah. Uh, Katy Perry. Okay. But maybe Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff is correct. Okay. Okay. Um, who was the second celeb to sing in the Imagine video after Gal Gadot? Oh my god! I don't even know who Gal Gadot is. Is this Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot is um. Is that her? She's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, that's why I know that. Okay, so after her, your choices are Kristen Wiig, Jimmy Fallon, or Sarah Silverman. Right after her. I don't even know what this is. Maybe yeah, you know the celebrity video. Look, do you remember how we all went into lockdown on like March fifteenth or something? Uh huh. Truly, March 16th, they released this. I don't even know how they had time to make it. 
And then they're like, we're all going to get through this together, yada, yada, yada. And they sang Imagine by the Beatles. Oh, okay. It was weird. Well. Everyone made fun of them. My guess is Kristen Wiig. Yes. Woo. Kristen Wiig, one of my favorite SNL people. All those people were in the video, I think. Okay. Who did Jada Pinkett Smith, we should talk about them, okay. reveal she had an entanglement with? Yo Gotti, Pusha T, August Alcina. August, I think. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know who that is. Who's August Alcina? Uh, he's like, I think he's like their son's friend. Whoa. And he was like living, or I don't remember. He was much younger. And he like lived with them for a while. That marriage is just wild. Do you ever read about them? Yes. This was like one of the wildest things that happened. Okay. All right. Which celeb said this about COVID-19? Oof. It's a virus. I get it. I respect it. Vanessa Hudgens, Dojo Cat. They just said it's a virus. I get it. I respect it. Yeah. Doja Cat or Madonna? Vanessa Hudgens? It was Vanessa Hudgens, I think. What is she? Who is she? She's in High School Musical. Who is Dojo Cat? Doja Cat is a musical artist. Okay. Was it Vanessa Hudgens? Yeah, you're right. Good job. Um, well, here's the crazy thing about that. What she said was like, it's a virus. I get it. I respect it. But like, what are we going to do? Like, some people are going to die. Okay. And everyone was like, what? And she kind of like, as soon as she said it, you could tell she felt like, I don't think that's good. <laughs> uh, Mulligan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. The three biggest Netflix shows of 2020 were Tiger King, Love is Blind, and Cheer. Select the correct order that they were released. Cheer not... came out first. Okay, I'm going to just let you tell me. You know what the options would be. It'd be those three rearranged three different times. Yeah, so Cheer is first. Okay. And then Love is Blind. Okay. And then Tiger King. Okay. You want me to pick that answer? Uh-huh. Is that a choice? Yes. <gasps> wow. Yes, very yes, good. Yes, yes, Okay. Um, you know how I know part of that answer? How? Well, um, we were at Dancing with the Stars traveling tour uh -huh. in Dallas. Okay. On our way up to Missouri for a spring break trip. Uh-huh. And we saw the cheer group there. Oh, yeah. In the stands. They were, I mean, they had a real moment, and it was before the pandemic. And it was before the pandemic. That's how I remember that. Yeah. Okay. And then I remember watching Tiger King during the pandemic, and to be honest, I'd never even heard of Love is Blind. Love is Blind is like they spent a week where they were in these, or two weeks maybe, where they were in these pods. They can only talk to each other in these pods. Okay. And then at the end of those two weeks, they had to choose, if so they couldn't see each other. Okay. And it was like, do you want to get married to any of these people? Whoa. And then after they were like, yeah, they um, got to see each other. And then they got to spend like two weeks at a resort, like getting to know each other. Okay. Um, but there was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of drama. Like this one girl, the guy she chose, she was like, I don't really want to marry. I mean, she was saying like, I want to marry him, but like. She was saying all these things that were like, actually, you definitely don't want to marry that man. Okay. But she, there was another guy who chose another girl that she had also been, she had thought she was interested in him. And she just kept trying to make him like be with her instead at the resort when they were all at the resort. It was so, so dramatic. Um, here's my question. Okay. If you're a real human being. 
Yeah. Why would you sign up for that? <laughs> Great question. Um, some of them are still together. I kind of want to watch the show. And one of the couples is married. Woo. Yeah. All right. Okay, ready? Yeah. Which movie was released first? Okay. Borat, um, subsequent movie film, Tenet, or Wonder Woman 1984? Subsequent movie film? Just Borat. So Borat, oh, Tenet, the, or Wonder Woman. The second Borat. Um... So I'm pretty. Your, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh gosh, I don't know where Tenant goes. But Wonder Woman was before Borat. I would say Wonder Woman. Tenant came out while quarantine was happening. Oh, it was Tenant. <laughs> totally wrong. Tenant was first. Yeah, didn't know that. Okay. Um, which celebrity tweeted this? Okay. The Grammys remain corrupt. You owe me. My fans and the industry industry transparency. <gasps> what are the options? The weekend, Halsey or Fiona Apple. Oh, I would say Fiona Apple. Incorrect. The weekend. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What did Elon Musk and Grimes originally name their baby? Wait, he's married to somebody named Grimes. No, they just got divorced. But he was. What did Grimes do? Was she famous? She's a musician. Um, um, the baby was letters and numbers and signs. Well, you have three choices. Okay. X A E A minus twelve. Okay. X A E. These are terms that I'm sure for the actual scientists listening, they're going to be so appalled. I don't think so. X A E C minus eleven. Or D A E A minus twelve. I think it was the first one. Why would you name your kid that? Because people were right. are dumb. Yes. You got X A E A minus twelve. I remember the twelve. I wonder, like, I don't get it. No. I'm going to research that. It's dumb. Okay, you're going to find stupid I'm sure it things. was meaningful for no, them. For some... No, it wasn't. It wasn't? I don't know. I don't think so. Why would they abuse their child that way? Right. It okay. feels rude. Who tweeted, hi, Chance the Rapper? If you are obviously a rapper, why did you put it in your stage name? I cannot stop thinking about this. Oh. Chrissy Teigen? Who's she? I've heard that name. John Legend's wife. Okay. She has a lot of cookbooks. Gladys Knight is at the Pips. Uh, yeah. Okay. Really? Okay. And then Dion Warwick. I think it was Dion Warwick. Yes. Yeah. What does Dion Warwick do? Um, Dion Warwick was an actress. Okay. Is I guess. You got eight out of twelve correct. Wow. You scored better than seventy percent of all other quiz takers. Wow. Not too shabby. Good job. Thank you. And then there's a picture of. Who is not J Lo, the other person in the Super Bowl? Shakira. Shakira doing a stick at tongue on it. You know Shakira. Lole, Hips lole, don't lie, lole. right? Yes. That's what I know about her. Okay. Her well, hip, very good. Her hips tell the truth. Now, Taylor, guess what time it is? Time for a word. A word from our sponsors. R.I.P. Headphone listeners. Well, Taylor. Yeah. Guess what? What? If you wanted to eat some great Texas barbecue, yeah, guess how far you have to travel? Like 0.5 miles. Not far anymore. Yes. Because there was a recent top 50 Texas BBQ uh, thing that came out, and guess who was in the top 50? Um, I know who was in the top 50. Who? That was a funny joke you made if you meant to make a joke. Oh, I didn't. You said guess who's in the top Whoa, 50. Whoa, double entendre. And guess barbecue is in the top guess 50. Guess barbecue is in the top 50 in Texas now. To find them, you can head over to 2803 Franklin Avenue, Waco, Texas, 
or you can call them at 254-3436. Or if you want to look at the menu, which is probably the real way you would access information, right. you can go guest2go.com. Now, Taylor, so I will say this. I've yeah. never actually been in there. I ate lunch there on Sunday. First time? No. We love guests. We go regularly. I just tell me that I, I it strikes me as a place I probably can't afford to eat. No, 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 not at all. Really? I got a burger and and an extra side. It's like eleven bucks. Okay. Well, because um. So maybe you, did know, you get a I'm... soda pop there. Oh yeah, and I got a drink for 11, eleven bucks. Whoa, that's my range. Yeah. Did you have to tip? Is there a tip line on there? Um, I think I tipped at the. You ordered a counter, so. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, you don't. There's like it's an option. Can I get free refills, or do I have to ask them for the? You refills? get free refills. But like, do I ask them, or can I just get them? No. Yeah. There's like a machine. Perf. Yeah. Is it one of the Coke mixers or is it a real machine? No, it is not one of the Coke mixers. Okay. It's actually a pretty cool machine. All right. You, I think you, you love it. Um, Brother Tove tells me I can get a pair of tacos. Like a taco is like four bucks. Yes. And it'll fill me up. So I could get two tacos and a drink for 10 bucks. Yeah. That's a good lunch. That's a great lunch. Well, but aside from me being cheap, <laughs> it is one of the places you'll pay a little more, but boy, is it worth it. Yes. I have had guests on two, four occasions, all of them. Somebody else purchased and brought to me, but wow, were they all good. Delicious. The broccoli oh. salad. Yes. So good. Oh, primo. Primo so on the broccoli. I'm, I might just go there for lunch now. Yeah, I know. Now I'm thinking about it. Okay. So um, like we said, go visit them at 2803 on Franklin Avenue or check out the menu at guesttogo.com. Yeah. And we're back. We're back. Taylor, guess what we're talking about I know what we're talking about. The harmonic strike. We're talking about the harmonic strike. We said this yesterday. I don't know that we've ever had an Enneagram episode. I know. Yeah. If which someone, is amazing. If we have, remind us. But I don't think we have, which is insane. Which is insane. And unfortunately, if you're a newbie, we're not going to talk about the Enneagram in general. We're going to talk about a very specific thing within the Enneagram. I feel like a very specific thing that like rarely gets talked about too yeah so this is kind of like niche enneagram yeah so um enneagram fans users participators call it what you like may know that um there are ways to think about the enneagram beyond the enneagram itself so there's the wings yeah each number has wings relationship with the two numbers next to them for instance i am a two with a three wing yes i am a three with a four wing yeah there are arrows which describe where we move in regression and integration or yeah. health and unhealth, some people say, which is yeah. less helpful, I think. Less helpful. So we, we behave in certain types depending on the amount of stress or health in our life. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Though Those are the two that give you access to different numbers within the Enneagram. Different energies so as a three, in your life. Yeah. I have access to two, four, six, and nine. Yeah. You have access to eight, four, two, three. Eight, or one, three. Eight, four. One, three. One? Two with a one wing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three. I'm... Okay. And then there's stance. Yes. So there are... Um, this is interesting. Each of the three triads... Yeah. Um, ...have relationships with do- doing, thinking, and being. And we're all missing a leg on the, the bar stool, so to speak. Yes. And stance helps us understand our primary and secondary um, modes of existence. Yes. And how we need to... And then there are subtypes, which yeah. is social, sexual, and... Um, and then there are triads. Self-preserving. Yeah, we didn't mention them. Well, there's different ways to organize the triads. But yeah, there's the fear triad, the yeah. um, wrath triad, and the shame triad, which we're both part of as the two, yeah, three, four. Yeah, we're both shame. Cause we, that's, so those correspond to heart, yeah, um, thinking, and gut. 
Yes. The, the, um, what did we just say? So sort of what the, um, the triads that get spoken about the most often are, um, those triads that Josh just talked about, which are like the two, three, and four all in the same triad. So that's me and Josh Hart. Uh, five, six, and seven, that's thinking. in the thinking triad. And um, eight, nine, and one, no, yeah, eight, nine, and one, which is in the yeah. gut triad. And, and so, you could roughly say it's the doing, thinking. Doing, thinking, being. And being triads. Yes. So the being would be um, the gut. No, no, no do, doing, the, the yeah. Gut. Doing is the gut, being is, is the heart. The heart, and, and then, then thinking, thinking the thinkers, is thinking. the thinkers. The thinkers. And then they're each categorized, as we just said, by wrath is the gut or the mm-hmm. doing. Yes. The being heart is the shame. Yeah. And then the thinking, 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 is, thinking is fear. Yes, is fear. So, and a, a really crazy overview. Yeah. And then there's some like interesting things where... Um, well, for example, um, in the harmonics, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah. There are three numbers reorganized together, and there is a doing, being, thinking in each of these. Yes. Like, e- there's one from each of yeah. those triads. Okay. So, the harmonics triad is how we behave when we don't get what we want. When we don't get what we want. Okay. And so, uh, just broad overview, here's how they are um, organized. Uh-huh. Okay, the positive outlook group. Yeah. I'll say this about the harmonics triad too. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting because these numbers don't actually have any relationships to each other in the harmonics triad. Right. They're or just, outside of the harmonics triad. Yes, like, but they also, they're not connected because of this. They just are in this, so yes. to speak. You know yeah. what I mean? Right, yeah, um, there's no overlap. Like in the arrows, a lot of times numbers move back and forth to each other, right? right? Yeah. Like this is just, they're just grouped together. Mm-hmm. But the harmonics triad... Like there was something in eight about all these numbers that I couldn't describe to you. Yeah. And the harmonics triad was the thing that like, oh yes, yeah. that's how those things are in common. For example, the, so the positive outlook, which we're about, I think we're about to talk about, um, this, t- my number two is in there and sevens are also in there. Yes. And I have, people often are like, have asked if I'm a seven or especially yeah. when I was, or well, they say like, you have energy like a seven or something mm-hmm. like that. And as we know. Social sevens very much present as twos. Yes. So anyways, but yes. And here's how I would describe this one. Okay. Nine, seven, two. Uh-huh. Those are the numbers that are easiest for me to be around. Um, kind of on a cursory surface level yeah. moment. And yeah. the ones I can probably endure the easiest for long periods of time. Yeah. So positive outlook very much seems to me to be a good descriptor. Yeah. Okay, so we'll... we'll do each one with the question in mind, but let just want to do the general overview, okay? Okay. So that's the first one. The second one is called the competency group. Yeah. This is where I am. Yeah. This is the one, the three, and the five. Yeah. Okay. Which is like, there's, I feel like there's so much overlap. Mm-hmm. Like it is one of those things. It's like, it's not necessarily a connection, but yeah. you see things in ones that you see in threes. You see things in threes, you see in fives, mm-hmm. all of that well, stuff. Well, for example, one time you said to me years ago... Like, I feel like the academy is for threes and fives. Yeah. Um, it's just like, and it's this thing. It's like we're driven yeah. very differently, but the one, three, five are very driven for a certain kind of outcome for different yeah. reasons. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one is the reactive group, and that is the four, six, and eight. And oh my, did a light bulb go off when I heard that. I'm like, oh yes, those three numbers 
all give me some kind of energy. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but they have it in common. Yeah. And there there it is. I know. Yeah, that's true for you. I feel like less so for six. Yeah, they can be the most docile of that bunch, but man, you get a, a phobic six. Yeah. Or a counterphobic six. And throw them in a ring with an eight. You know, oh, yeah. Bath. They can. I mean, a counterphobic six, especially, I think. Yeah. I will say this, though, to, to break with the thing for a little bit. If there's one other number I had to throw into reactivity, uh-huh. be the one. It'd be the one. They yeah. can also be reactive. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. So let's um, let's let's go to the positive outlook. Okay. All right. First number they deal with is the two. Oh. Your primary desire. Do you know what it is? And uh, well, no. What does it say? It is to feel loved. Oh, absolutely. So this is what you do when you don't get what you wanted. Okay. Um, to avoid the negative. Yeah. You reassure yourself that you're good and caring person while focusing on the needs of other people. A good and caring person. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then the danger is that, um, your personal needs get pushed down to the bottom. That's just the nicest way to describe it too. <laughs> That's so nice. Cause I think I, you know, if I had written that section, I would write some about like, um, like a lack of humility and triangling. Yeah. But what do you mean by lack of humility? Because this is interesting. This is really where the pride does come out. Yeah. Um, so it's like if I don't get what I want in a relationship or if like, so you know, there's like I want to feel more loved and I'm not feeling it, then I'm like, well, it's fine. <laughs> Nobody can love people as well as I can. Not everybody's as good at loving as I am. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's not. And that's why I'm okay doing this because I have to do this. Because, yeah, I have to, I have to, you know, be the one that is, you know, makes the sacrifices. But even in your voice now, yeah, there is kind of a positive outlook on this. Like, I, here's what I got to do, you know? <laughs> I'm going to bring this love to the moment, and that's going to be this thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And, and there are ways to do that that are healthy. Yeah. That, like, are, like... Yeah, we can all use our instincts for good, for sure. Right, yeah. The seven, I would call one, but honestly, none of them have done enough... Work. work to slow down and <laughs> realize about themselves so they just think oh that's interesting that's funny hey did you catch the game last night right yeah but here's what they do their primary desire is to be satisfied and content uh-huh. that's why they're tagged with the um the sin of gluttony okay right mm-hmm. yeah um they want to focus on the fun and excitement yeah and they want to push the negative things out of the way sure um other people's pain may be heavy for them so they often avoid seeing how they contribute to that pain and suffering in their own lives and right. in the lives of the others okay but then we do also have the nines. The nines. Which I'm married to. Yeah. You know what their primary desire is? Peace? Of mind. Yes. Oh. Um, so this is the way their strategy. Uh-huh. They're just going to deal with, um, the, they're going to see the best in everybody around them. Yeah. You know, like. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, they don't want to sit with the negative or the incredible thing. So they're just going to kind of idealize the situation. Okay. Well, you know what? I wish there there are times when like I think we've talked about this. I it's like, you know, I think all of us do this sometime. You when someone says something to you, you hear in your head like the worst version of what they could have meant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And or they do something and you assume like the worst intent. So I've been working on really like not doing that. And so that's nice that nines are like that's what they do naturally. I wish I did that naturally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Competency. Okay. The competency. 
All right. There's going to be a lot about rules in this one. Oh, my god. Okay. You know what? I hate rules. Call Kathy Cry. Yes. Let's get her on the horn. Let's talk to Kathy. Is their basic desire is to be good, right? I don't know. Yeah. Have integrity be good. That's nice also. Yeah. I think ones are the number like I like being around maybe the most. But if it's like if it goes bad, oh crap. I don't like rules, so it's not a fun time for me. <laughs> I think that because of the competency thing, I like the rules. Yeah. Hi, this is Kathy Cry. Hey Kathy. Hey Kathy, it's your voicemail. That's not really Kathy Cry listeners. <laughs> um well they like to use logic to find the right answer. It's funny, the name each one of these has like a title. Yeah. And there's this let let's be adults and figure this out. Let's be adults and figure this out does feel like a very one vibe. Yeah. That's maybe why I also feel like she's so much more maternal than me. Because she's like, we can do this. Well, Everybody and she's calm like, down. Let's be the adults. Yeah, we're the adults in the room. Let's act like it. Um, okay, but now let's dump on them a little bit. Okay. When they don't get what they want, they may try to figure out what went wrong and make it better. They generally adhere to the rules if they believe those rules um, to be helpful, which is so interesting because yeah. they have such a commitment to the black and white. But they don't realize that sometimes they break the rules too. I do think that's the thing about ones that really like. Um, I think it's very important to me in my life to like have an ethic that follows. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it's like I'm because sometimes I'm like, no, if we are treating this rule like it's the number one thing in the world. But then this rule next to it that was written by the same people and has the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're not going to follow that one. That seems this isn't interesting because that is a thing to me that's like lacking integrity. Yeah. Um, but a one would be like would, can just ignore it. Well, and I think the thing that's hard is I feel like every other number at some point can acknowledge that they've broken the rules, uh-huh. or like you can be, can be talked into that you broke the rules. Yeah. And also, it's like some of them truly. It's like I care very. I think most rules are racist. I don't care about them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but. I th- I know I've said I've said that before in front of ones and it's like shocking to them they do not like that yeah um, here's the other thing about them they expect other people to do the same with the rules to follow the rules that they which think is are important. why they I think can be hard sometimes because yeah it's it's well it's like it feels like legalism right yeah okay um, but uh, but a healthy one is a great is a oh, great one favorite people yeah great yes. people um, when they do bend the rules people don't challenge them because they're so used to them following the rules. They just think they're right. I think that's true as well. Yeah. Okay. Guess who we got now? Ones. Threes. Threes. Yeah. Um, okay. When faced with difficulty. Yeah. Guess what we're going to do? Um, pretend it's not happening. No, we're going to work to solve that problem logically. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they bend the rules threes do when they don't serve them. Yeah. Um, and if they can, like, just fix the issue, then they don't really have to deal with the negative emotions. Um, yeah, I think that's what I meant when I said ignore it. It's like yeah. emotionally. Ignore it. Just fix it. Ignore, 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 and then, want, and then fix it so that you just can pretend it never happened. And it's an opportunity because if they do end up fixing the thing, then they can add it to the achievements list. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of just an opportunity to succeed. It's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> Was there even a problem in the first place? To succeed. 
That's uh, funny. Well, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Fives? Yeah. I don't mean to brush over threes, but that's what well, it is. That, that's what oh, it is. Oh, basic loved or basic desire, sorry, is to be successful. For threes. Yeah. Yeah. To feel valuable and worthy. Okay. Fives basic is to be capable and competent. Yeah. Okay. When faced with not getting what they want, um, prefers to face difficulty by completely removing their emotions from the equation and using their thoughts yes brain to solve the problem it is it's it is very interesting to watch and if they're not an expert guess what they do become an expert they become the expert so they can have confidence in their solution yes um this is interesting to me it says fives do not typically operate inside the structure of rules and gladly work outside those bounds to achieve the outcome they want yeah so this is where you know i talk about i have a lot of ways i feel one-ish to myself but uh-huh. to me, fives and ones can have this in similar uh-huh. in that it's like, oh, if that's not right, then forget it. Yeah. Like, this is what's right. And yeah. I will overlay the right thing on this. Yeah. I think they're very much like, how could you trust a rule? Like, yeah. who? where did that rule even come from? Right. But what you can trust is like the data. Right. And so if the data says something well, other Well, now than... specifically you're saying of um, fives. Yeah. Of the data thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, if the rule doesn't work, we throw it out. Yeah. Okay. So now there is the. Um... Okay. You know what we're gonna do? What? Call Kelly Harp. Huh? Is Kelly a six? No, she's a four. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot what what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. So we're to the the reactive group. Four, yeah. six. Hey, Josh. Kelly, you're live on the air. Kelly. Okay? So, Kelly, don't swear or anything. Um, Kelly, today we're talking about the harmonics triads. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I don't know as much as you do about this. Okay, so you're part of of the reactive harmonic triad, the four, six, and the eight. And wait, wait, I feel like I'm being set up. Yeah, you are. But don't worry, everybody's being set up in this. We're all... It's okay. So so what the harmonics triad does... Is it okay. talks about how each of us respond when we don't get what we want. Yeah. Okay. So oh, you're part of the reactive group. Do you know what your primary desire is? Like on the Enneagram. Uh, on the Enneagram. No. It's to find your identity. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So we just want to ask you about your experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it true that when you're dealing with difficulty or uncomfortable emotion, what you want is for people to understand and empathize with you. Yes, totally. Okay. And Kelly, do you feel like you're really good at not hiding your feelings? Yeah. Um, do you like it when people look and see your pain and identify with your pain and help take care of it? Um, yeah, I don't know about the help take care of it. Well, that's, that's interesting. Because I was really? thinking back to that night we had dinner, not recently, but a while back, and you had voiced yeah. like, Sometimes I don't feel like people reciprocate. And that was like a question mark. Remember? No, I don't remember saying that. How interesting. Well, and it's like when I leaned over to Lindsay, I'm like, oh, crap. Kelly's brought us dinner like three times. Have we taken her dinner? Because Clint was out of town. Mm-hmm. Okay, so see, I heard about this afterwards that you had said that. And I was like, but I didn't realize that you felt like it's because I said, oh, man. No, I don't. I don't at all. Like, no, feel but, like you should be a reciprocating dinner. Or no, no, no. And I don't think you do. But I th- I wonder if maybe sometimes fours do want people to help take care of their pain and they 
they just don't articulate those needs. Oh, maybe, yeah. But also, yeah. I, I kind of wonder if it's like, um, well, they won't feel it as deeply as I do, so like I don't even want it type thing. Is that true, Kelly? Oh, huh. That could be, because I don't, like, if I, if I have to talk about something that's really hard for me or that I really feel emotionally, <laughs> it's kind of everything, um, and then somebody <laughs> doesn't take it very seriously, Mm. I would rather just not talk about it. Feels like pearls before the swine kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because I take it so seriously. And I think I've kind of of matured some in that I'm just like, well, everyone's just not going to take things as seriously as you. But I I just would rather not engage in the conversation then. Kelly, in that way, (laughs) makes total sense. Do you, but um, this is self-indicting. Do you find it hard to talk to aggressive numbers? Oh, yeah. I've had to do a lot of work, but I really like appreciate them now. Eights used to scare the beep out of me. Like I was like, oh my gosh. But, and sometimes ones even, I know you and I have a disagreement as to whether ones can be aggressive. But anyway, ask Krista Richardson. She told me <laughs> that they can be. Oh, anyway, I think they're aggressive. Um, yeah. um, but I've really, like, that's kind of been a mark of me seeing that I've matured I'm like oh I can kind of handle this better and understand where they're coming from and leave space for it hey I have a question as an aggressive number do you like because we we do converse a lot Marco Polo and otherwise Um, do you find though like with with myself if you give me a cue that like hey this isn't like your schmarmy social exchange this we're talking now like that I can get there or I, I guess it's about context do you feel like I can respond to the context? Yeah, I feel like like um, you and I have like gotten to know each other better, and mm-hmm. so I feel like I feel like I have more margin, which is just probably true. The more you get to know someone, if they let you, the more I the probably the more margin I have for when you kind of blow something off or whatever. I'm like, eh, whatever. And I also think you do it less. Okay, that's my opinion. Yeah. I wonder, Kelly, because I feel like I experience the same thing and I'm always trying to find my four energy. Um, But I have a very similar like if someone isn't going to take this seriously, I don't want to talk to them about it or bring it up at all. And I also have found I feel very similarly to like what you're saying that sometimes uh, and we talked about twos and like pride and like sometimes I'm like, well, they're just never going to get it because they don't, you know, feel things or they're not as compassionate or yada, yada, yada. But I do also feel that part of my maturity has been like, well, this is what this person has for me. And like, I, I can accept what they have for me and know that it's different than like what I would give. But that's OK. You know, like that we all have different gifts and stuff like that. And sometimes it is painful, yeah. but sometimes it's like. Sometimes it's not like this person isn't trying. It's like this person is doing the best they can and I have to figure out like it's me. Like I need to figure out how to appreciate the gift that they're giving me or whatever. Yes. I really identify with that, with yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, if we take if we take like the well, I was gonna say the reality, but it feel it does feel like the U.S. is like in our culture is like a three kind of yeah. culture. I do sometimes like, and maybe I should or shouldn't do this, but I give myself a little bit of grace or extra because uh-huh. I do totally identify with what you're saying. Yeah, 
Taylor, but I'm like, we also like live in this culture where it feels like I'm, I'm feeling that way a lot in general. Mm -hmm. And so then when it's like, you have a personal interaction with that, it can be hard, but I agree. I struggle not to judge and be like, well, you should be deeper, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever, you know, because the reality is like threes or whatever we want to call it. Like, I know Josh, you call it shwarmy, but like sometimes maybe the cells mini part or whatever, like that is a good thing. And Uh that, that is important. And it's, yeah, it's a part of, of what we need. Yeah. So uh, Kelly, here's a, just a broad question. Uh, This is located in the reactive group. Do you feel reactionary when you don't get what you're hoping for? Or do you feel like you go in internal and kind of clam up? Um, well, I think that it depends on the situation. I think I actually, I'm not sure this tracks to the Enneagram, but I, I think that I actually used to clam up more, but now I let it out more, but more in like safe spaces. I mean, with Clint, I let it out. I do not clam up and I never yeah. really have. Um, and some, so in that way, I've, I've had to like move more towards being less reactionary, but like as a mom, yeah, I've had definitely had to move towards being less reactionary. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I don't mean to put your marriage on the spot, but we made the joke okay. when we got to the seven that, well, we'd call a seven to talk to them, but none of them have paid enough attention to themselves to even be a conversation <laughs> partner. Um, it's just, I, I think it's four, seven marriages are so interesting because it, it feels to me like fire and ice in, in that their tendency to respond to these things is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and, and by that, I mean, the sevens don't want to do any of the pain and probably don't want to do any of the emotion. Um, mm-hmm. so do you, does he like, um, just like, has he learned just to sit in it with you or do you have to run him down? And- <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think it is. There's, yeah, it's been really hard because in that way we are so different, but then I feel like after 20 years, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that we each have what the other one really needs. And uh-huh. so in that way it's really hard but it's really great you know Mm -hmm. and it'll be really interesting when we will start like doing opposite like I'll start reacting more like he would and he'll start reacting more like I would and that's wild you know and then but then that's a whole dynamic we have to realize too but yes if I would say Clint has done so much work to sit in things and and just be with it without an explanation or a solution just to realize that I really just want him to know that like I'm upset about this or sad. And I think he's pra- sorry, puppy's yawning behind me, but he's practiced enough. Cause I think it freaked him out. Right. Cause he's, you know, he has the natural inclination to run away from his feelings as a seven. So he definitely don't want to deal with mine, um, <laughs> but he's like, we've had enough interactions where he sat with it and realized, Oh, if I really do just sit here, chances are, you know, it'll move on. And she really just wants me to hear that. Hmm. And, you know, but here's a different question. Um, is he selective about who he'll give that response to? And, and I don't mean to imply that Clint isn't empathetic with anybody who needs it, but, but kind of going off of what Taylor said earlier, I think, He's a seven, so he doesn't really need to turn into a four, you know, or like be Uh empathetic with every person. Well, you know, to a degree. Yeah. But yes, I do think that, I think, and it may even be situational. Sure. It's people, but also situational. Yeah. 
Well, Kelly, we feel like we just got a bunch of gold nuggets on yeah. the four seven train here. So thanks for giving us ten minutes of your day. Three, you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Indicted. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow, what a winner. I mean, what a champion. Gosh, healthy four. Healthy yeah, four. Very healthy four. Very Love being around her. I know, and just the kindest. Yeah. So kind. Well, we got a lot of analysis on that. Okay. okay next up is the six. Okay. Um, so this one, okay, this I, let me read you the headlines on each of these. The four was, let me tell you how hard I am. The eight is, let me tell you how mad I am. The six, I'm like, huh, it's, can you even handle this? Can I even handle this? Yeah. Which is their anxiety speaking, but, so here's the thing. Um, sixes are uncomfortable situations that bring out their anxiety. Sure. So that's what disappointment can I mean, do. Sure. Uh, like it just said, they wonder if anybody can handle the emotions that are coming up. So sixes will react defensively by putting their guard up, which I've felt. Uh-huh. And um, while others sink back and seek the support of someone, the other sixes will uh-huh. also sometimes seek the support of someone who will go to battle for them. Hmm. I wonder if that's the difference between phobic and counterphobic. The guard versus the seeking an advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think probably that's part of it. I also have to... Oh, here's Kathy. <gasps> Kathy! Oh, shoot. Did I hit hang up? No. Hello? Kathy, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Kathy, you're live on the air, so don't um, say anything you don't want on the air. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> okay. Kathy, Hi, today we're talking about the harmonics triad <clears throat> and... Um, how each number responds when they don't get what they want. Okay. So we covered the one, but um, here's my question for you. We talked a lot about the rules and the one's perception of the rules. Uh-huh. Do you feel like you are aware of moments when you do break rules, or does that just never happen? Oh, yeah. I definitely I break rules if I think they're dumb. Okay. See? Okay. But this is what we were saying about, about like five healthy, and one. well, healthy ones. Well, healthy ones. Yeah. What kind of criteria do you, you use to determine if a rule's dumb? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I, I just have really strong opinions. Like if I it's think like, a rule a is ineffective yeah. or inefficient or doesn't make sense or it's not fair or equitable in some way, like I just used to come to pretty quick snap just judgment um and so in general yes i'm a rule follower very very much so but um especially the older i've gotten um i don't know i just kind of have i just kind of have a gut feeling i just know and when i think a rule is dumb i will (laughs) okay but here's my question so ones it says we'll use logic to find the right answer when when you need to make appeal to a group to an authority what do you do if you're breaking the rule and now the the rule authority is you? Uh, I don't know if I understand the question, but I think usually I justify breaking a rule because in my mind I'm following some higher authority or rule or ethic. Yeah. Like in some way, in some weird way, I'm still following a set of rules even by breaking this rule. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, but it's but I mean like to to get movement on something you need consensus on a a supposition about the rules right. This is a very three question. It is. 
Yeah. Why is that a three question? Because you're concerned about what other people will think about the choice. Yeah, but if she wants to achieve an outcome, she can't do it by herself. That's an extremely three question and a three assumption. But also, it's like, that's true. That's the thing I think threes understand, that you have to get people to come to consensus with you. I don't know that it's like the number one thing other numbers are worried about. Did you hear that, Kathy? Yes. And I, I definitely think that's true. I don't think that e- even in in my work and when I'm leading groups or organizations, I don't I don't tend to think of rules and consensus as like being related to one another. Hmm. Okay. Well, because well, because at some point it's like I'm doing this work on my own as part of a larger work, or like at the end of the day, if I'm the person who's making the cho- who's in charge of making the choice. Then it's, I mean, I think this would probably be appalling what I'm about to say. Then it's like, it doesn't super matter what other people think. That's where ones get? I, that's where I get. No. Oh. It's like either I'm doing this work on my, I'm like, if I know that I need to get a consensus, then I think about that. Okay. But I don't always think like I need to get a consensus on this. Do you identify with that, Kathy? Um, I think so. I can only hear part of it. Oh, sorry. But- we're talking about consensus building and when you do and don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do you ever find you're in situations where um, you don't agree on the rules and you can't get consensus? And in that moment, if so, do you just push forward with what you want? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, I've definitely had to push forward with enforcing or abiding by rules that I don't agree with, you know, definitely in in leading organizations or groups, um, and that's hard. I think that's that's a huge growth area for me as a one. That's something I've had to learn how to do. Um, that's really only come with age and experience. Is like learning how to to not agree with a rule, but not necessarily have the uh, either consensus or autonomy to make that change, and still having to reconcile some way to moving forward with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, okay, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, You're married to a five, um, which interestingly, in terms of harmonics, you're in the same triad um, in in the competency thing. So their response with competency is much different, though, specifically with rules. And here I'm just going to read the sentence. Fives typically do not like operating inside the structure of rules and gladly work outside of those bounds to achieve the outcome they want. Um, I could see a lot of conflict that would come about for a one five relationship if that were the case. Do you guys ever have that kind of conflict? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I definitely think that's true. Um, and I usually interpret it as, like in our relationship, is that Connor, for him, setting up boundaries is like breathing. Like it's just his way of being yeah. in the world is like he just kind of does his own thing and has his own way. And and in that way, he's he's much more you know, preserving of himself, whereas I'm going to like do whatever it takes to make sure we're following the rule of the system and it's going to take a much bigger toll on me. So in some, some ways we balance each other out in that way, um, in good ways, but sometimes it also does lead to conflict. Was that ever a problem in trying to figure out how to discipline your children? Um, not really. I think we complement each other so well as parents because I'm so much more, um, even though I am a one, a one with the two wing, and 
I'm just so much more emotional as a mother and like nurturing and like that relational aspect, Mm -hmm. whereas Connor can be much more pragmatic and matter of fact, like with disciplining the kids or like seeing things. And so usually the only source of conflict is because I want to make sure everyone feels okay and everyone is good and is happy. And he usually wants to drive, stand on the principles that we're trying to discipline and he's usually much more able to see things that way and so in general I can say after parenting co-parenting for 15 years I think we balance each other out in that way if that ah, that's what we've heard now from both of our guests about marriage well that's good Kathy your kids are probably better for it well, I hope so we'll see okay <laughs> I feel very confident in your parenting yeah we feel good about you as a parent <laughs> Oh, okay, thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> so, okay, Kathy, well, we sure appreciate you giving us six and a half minutes of your day. Sure, anytime. All right. Okay, you're the best. Bye, Kathy. <laughs> Bye. Wow, what a bunch of winning calls we've had today. Yeah. Uh, people should pay for this episode. Winners. All the great stuff we're giving them. Only this one? Well, yeah. Here's one more, though. <laughs> we do have the eight left, and you know why we're not going to forget them? Because I love them. Because they wouldn't let us. No, so they wouldn't. They like. are going to, their primary de- desire is to be in control and protect themselves. Yeah. Um, and they're Well, you know what? I'm not sh- I don't know that that's right. Um, at some stage of their self, it is. Sure. I think the, the mature eights move past that. Sorry. All kinds of weird calls today. I think, well, I guess I should say that my uh, beef with that would be like, I do think I once heard Suzanne say, that eights looked around at the world and they saw that there were people who were in charge and people like who got told to do and had to do what other people said. And they didn't as much say, I want to be a person who's in charge as they said, I don't want to be a person who like gets told what to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's true. They want to be in control, but it's like not because they want to control other people, mostly because they want to be in control of themselves. Um, yeah. And you, of course, have real close proximity because Kathleen is an eight. Kathleen is an eight. That's Taylor's sister for listeners who might not know. Yeah. Um, well, let me just summarize this. They want their feelings and opinions known mm-hmm. and often respond with. I don't know. Which emotion? Oh, anger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they need the people to see the what of the situation, the in oh that was a question yeah the blank of the situation i don't know injustice oh yeah oh yeah it's always are seeing the injustice and things yeah and they will fight for it you know and that is a way that i feel like my eight is really present in my life yeah and also you know like even that first part i feel like i do always kind of say like i want to be on the record this is what like if we're even if we're going to go with something that like I disagreed with. I want it to be on the record that, like, I thought this other thing was a better idea. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, which there is a slight way in which threes and eights, I can, I can identify with them. Uh-huh. Like, I think one of the two ends up being a leader a lot. Uh-huh. And I think we have this in common. It's like, F this. If this isn't going to work out, it's not going to be on my record that this yes. is the reason it failed. Exactly. Like, I want to be on the record that I did yeah. not think that was the good idea. Yes. Um, case in point, we were talking about the the trailer parking at church in staff meeting. Yeah. And I was very like, okay, I just want everybody to know <laughs> that when this is a problem, I said it was a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Or like the announcements thing. 
Yes. I was like, this is fine, but I want to be on the record that I think a different <laughs> thing than everybody here. Okay. Eight. It will try and take the lead in uncomfortable situations so that they can what the outcome? Control? Yes. Control the outcome. That's what they want. And that is definitely true. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, eights, I, I've, I've grown in my appreciation for them and their complexity over the years. Yeah. Um, I used to just see the bully. Now I see what I think is the yeah. the advocate. My sister is a six. Not Noelle, Kristen, who lives. And she married an eight. And uh-huh. after I thought about this for a while, it makes so much sense to me that sixes would marry eights. I would think sixes marry eights all the time. Um, there's a lot of volatility that could happen there. Is she phobic? Um, Do you I think? don't know the thing well enough, but when, earlier when we were reading about six and says they will either this or find an advocate to fight for them. Yeah. He's totally. Uh, he's that. She is very much dependent. He on relies him. on him. Yes. Yeah. Or she relies on him. And it's like him. a puzzle piece. Yeah. Yeah. They love it. It fits together. Yeah. They, he they... can fight the fight because he loves fighting. Uh-huh. And she can let him fight the fights. And, you know, I know we're talking about eights or whatever, but I think the loyalty of sixes is mm. insane. Yeah. And I think my best friend for like my whole life, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, so I have a tendency to kind of feel like, oh, I'm not loved enough by yada, yada, yada. And Amy has been a very helpful presence for me in that, like, if, you know, if we don't, as a teenager, it was a big deal if we didn't hang out for a long time or whatever. And she would just like, I just remember, um, at one point when we were like 16 or whatever, she just kind of pretty calmly and we actually we've uh, we're like sisters in a lot of ways. So we get in arguments and blah, blah, blah. But pretty calmly, I was like, I just don't we don't spend enough time together. I don't you know, sort of like I'm feeling unloved, yada, yada, yada. And she like pretty calmly just said, like, I just think we're going to be best friends for like our whole lives. Hmm. And so it was very meaningful in that like. Yeah, she just was kind of like she just said it, and it was like she was like, so that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> As in, like, a, we don't have to do anything about it. Yeah, I just thing. want the data there. Yeah, and it, so it was like a a very helpful thing. And then like we are best friends, and so and I think we probably will be for our whole lives. And so I do think sixes have a way of like, but that's uh, especially because you say you have a hard time with sixes. That's your hard number. Sixes can be really hard for me. Um. But not in relationship. I would say, yeah, I would say, um, I would say sometimes it is like the reactiveness actually, like this triad moment of like, oh, everything is gone to hell. Yeah. Um, that is kind of, especially to my like positive outlook thing. I'm like, you guys, if we just pretend everything's working, it'll, ha- it's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. You're too upset too early. And I I mean, I think that I am that way in a lot of things like sports. It's like the last minute, the last like three minutes of the fourth quarter is when I start to feel like maybe we're going to lose this game. Do you know what I mean? I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I know about that feeling. Um, so, but I, so, but I think like that sounds interesting in your sister's marriage, like, and she just gets to like, I mean, her natural thing is probably to be loyal. Yeah. And that is like the thing she gets to do that is probably like the puzzle piece to him getting to fight and like yeah. it, you know? Um, I know this is jumping around. Sure. But it was fascinating for me hearing you talk about sports. I just realized one of the ways I integrate is that 
I'm a total six when I watch sports. Really? I'm analyzing, thinking about plays, thinking about outcomes, and then I develop a fear based on what could happen. Yeah. Instead of just enjoying the game. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I do feel like for me sometimes, especially because... My especially because my first instinct is to be like, it's all gonna work out, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, I remember like my first day of at UBC, my first Sunday, I was like, you know, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off, which happens. You, you mean know. your first Sunday after you were hired? Oh uh, yeah, my first Sunday after I was hired, and Emily Nance was like, "Hey, it's all gonna work out," hmm. and I thought like, which was very kind, um, but I also thought like. I think that was a helpful phrase for me. And I, maybe that is like a positive outlook thing. Yeah. That that was like a connection well, that's point. that's the gift they can give. Yeah. That like, um, because it really stuck with me. I thought like, it's going to work out and it's going to work out because I'm going to make it work out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just going to work out magically or whatever, but like, I'm not going to let it fail. So it's going to work out in the end. Yeah. Which is maybe a privileged way to think about, you know, to walk through the world or whatever. But yeah. Well, Kathy just texted us. Oh, what'd she say? Example. Connor tends to. So this is the parenting question. I'm right. Saying. Connor tends to think he has um, his own way when it comes to parenting, and I think there is the way, all capitals. Oh. Um, he is doing parent. I don't know if she wanted this on the air, but. Parent taught driver's education right now for our boys, uh-huh. partly because he thinks some traffic rules are dumb, and he wants to <laughs> teach them himself how to be good drivers. <laughs> that stresses me out because all traffic rules should be followed. <laughs> yeah, this is a great example, <laughs> yeah, actually. Great example. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and see, like here, because so I'm the one in the competency triad in the middle. Uh-huh. I'm going to side with Kathy because I'm like, yeah. I want to supersede the cop's expectations so I become the best driver. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to like take the rules, put them in a package and then blow them up uh-huh. my performance. Uh huh. And then, yeah. Earn the right to talk about the rules. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Well, what a great day, Taylor. We're an hour and a half. Truly. This was fun though. Yeah. We hope people enjoy this introduction to the harmonics triad. Yeah. And um, the reason you're seeing the picture of a Lady Gaga with the bird mask is because that was part of the quiz. And that was the <laughs> who wore this question. So enjoy yeah. that, Instagram. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.